Hey friends, we are your hosts, Leanne and Llewellyn, and welcome back to the One With Friends podcast. We have two very special guests with us today, Sarah and Nathan Gallegos. Whoop, whoop. Hey, yo. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> wow. That was awesome. That was like, that's great. I've never heard you say ayo. That was awesome. Ayo, <laughs> ayo. I've never said it before, apparently. Maybe thanks. With the way it came out. So these are my two very longtime friends. Um, well, Sarah's a longtime friend, and then Nathan married into the friend group. So that's how I know him. That's right. Thank you for welcoming me. <laughs> Makes it sound like our relationship is so much shallower than it really <laughs> is, and that I don't live. I don't really know him. Live with you guys. <laughs> you just showed up at the wedding. <laughs> Um, okay, so for our friends out there, and for Llewellyn, because Llewellyn really, she hasn't met you before, she doesn't know you guys, I'm bringing you guys into the fold, but she's, you know, just in the flow as well. So give our friends a little bit of a introduction into who Sarah and Nathan are. Do you want to start? <laughs> yeah, sure. Like Leanne was saying, um, I go way back with her. I've known her since my college days, which... Whew, that's been almost 10 years at this point, so that's really fun. Um, but yeah, we go way back. We went to school together and have just kept our friendship up over the years, and it's been really fun to be in the same city again, so now she is actually living in our spare room, Nathan and I, so that... Our friendship has never been closer. It's <laughs> so fantastic. Physically, emotionally. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Geographically. Ge- <laughs> yes, yes. So I can confidently say our friendship has just grown stronger over the years. And here we are. So, and then Nathan and I, yeah, we live in Nashville, Tennessee. And we love it here. So we've been here about almost two years. We have a dog and a cat. And we met in Texas. Moved out to Nashville to start our married life. Not really. We'd been married a while before we moved out here, but yeah. And so I work full-time as a senior assistant for a local company here. And Nathan is my musician husband boyfriend. That's it. 100%. (laughs) But, I mean, that's all you really need to know about us. Um, the extent of my friendship with Leanne is that she's my, uh, <laughs> she's, she, by proxy, we're friends. Um, I had to get married into that. And then she's also the crazy roommate that I have, which is perfect timing for today's episode. Yes. Yes. It is. Okay. Right? Yeah. Anything about you that's separate from oh, Sarah Lord. that you want to mention? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, no, no, actually, not really. Uh, I'm a musician. There's a lot. There's. I'm a complicated person. I'm pretty complex. Um, you're gonna find out in this 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 whole do podcast we talk, episode. Do we talk enneagrams? On this oh, episode? is that a thing? We will. Cool. Okay, we so will cover it. We'll we'll get okay. through that. But you'll find you'll come to find the complications. There's more to me than meets the eye. But I am the handsome musician creative type for <laughs> for your listeners out there. And uh, I I tend to make jokes when I'm uncomfortable, which will remind you from a a, a friend's character. Yeah, you use it as a default mechanism. Too. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we, when we had Elizabeth on the show, we, I also talked to her about how all of our friends in our little friend group have musicians just scattered throughout <laughs> and how I better marry someone who's mu- musically talented or else right. he's just not going to fit in. You're so, in the right city. Yeah, 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 I'm in the right city yeah. for it. So that gives me my best chances. So, all right. Well, we are excited to have you guys in. And I think just with our history and our bantery, not battery, let's make that very clear, just bantery. <laughs> no abuse. That, 
<laughs> Maybe some emotional every once in a while. Everyone. We kind of get I into mean, it. That's but... part of a healthy relationship, right? Not <laughs> sure. Speaking of healthy relationships, Llewellyn, why don't you give us an episode recap? Yeah. So this week we watched the one titled The One Where Eddie Won't Go. Chandler battles to get rid of his annoying new roommate and have Joey, who's feeling the crutch of unemployment and mounting debt, move back in. All while the girls discover a book on personal empowerment. Personal empowerment puts it really lightly for how crazy that book is. So we'll definitely (laughs) dive into that here in a minute. But essentially, we open this episode with our soft open. And this is probably the most iconic scene with Eddie that I forgot was a soft open. I thought it was in the middle of the episode. So to open up on that scene was just gold, I think. So Eddie is, essentially we pan in just on Chandler. He's just laying there in bed and all of a sudden he wakes up and realizes that Eddie is watching him sleep and he quickly goes, oh, hey, Eddie, and then jumps up and realizes that Eddie is in his bedroom. And they start this dialogue where it makes Eddie feel really peaceful that he gets to watch Chandler sleep. It just eases him a little. And Chandler's obviously uncomfortable with that and says, you know, do you want me to sing, you know, in order to help, you know, make things a little easier? And Chandler is sort of, you know, not sort of, he is very fed up with what has been happening because it's also revealed that Eddie has not only been in his room this one night, but what about all the other nights (laughs) that he was in his bedroom? (laughs) So it begs the question, have you guys had any crazy roommate stories? Wow. Oh, that is so spot on to our current situation. Oh, <laughs> hey. Just, Learn. Just hearing the, uh, the the description of the episode, I was I really felt like you were just like like reading my diary or something. Like you literally oh described my, my life and its current events. I had a bad roommate when I was living in Tulsa. I moved in with this girl and she would not get a job at the first part. And of course, apartments in Tulsa aren't that expensive. So I think her family was like feeding her money, but she was just there all the time. And we were saving, we were in a one bedroom apartment. So it was very close quarters with this girl. And she was, how do I put this slightly? I don't know. We just, it wasn't the best. And then when she did get a job, she got a job at a hotel and she wanted me to give her rides to work, but she had to be there. I'm not exaggerating at like 4 a.m. Oh, Lord. What? So our relationship was pretty strained, and I immediately started looking for new living conditions. And so that was probably one of the worst roommate experiences. That was just a couple of the things, but well, that was probably the worst. Is looking back at my roommate situation, even back you know years ago, I've never had like a weird roommate or a bad roommate, which makes me worried. Am I the weird roommate? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, are there stories Probably. being told about me on other podcasts? Yeah. <laughs> There's a podcast out there that's just called Bad Roommates, oh, and sure. you have been told about <laughs> yeah. in the story for sure. For sure. Um, so Chandler's like super fed up, and he's he's like, "I want you out. I want you out of this apartment." This is the first the first time he's going to tell him in this episode that he wants him out, and he kind of like eggs him on and says like, I need you to say it. He's like, okay, I want you out of this apartment. He's like, I want to hear it from your lips. (laughs) 
<laughs> and there's something about the line that like, where were you hearing it from before? That makes it just <laughs> so classic, so funny. Um, yeah. And so anything from you, Llewellyn, about that first, about that first scene, because it is so iconic. The only thing that I really wrote down about this part is um, in the last episode, we kept talking about how Eddie just felt like he was escalating to become like a serial killer Mm -hmm. and how Chandler even mentions he's like Hannibal Lecter would be a better roommate than you are. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, really? I don't think so. But I get the I get the parallel here. No, that's a great call because we were kind of building it up to this finale of these are the makings of a psychopath and he's going to be on, you know, entertainment tonight or um, cops, you know, in the future (laughs) as, as someone who's, you know, America's most wanted essentially. So great. Yeah. Great catch on that. I totally (laughs) forgot that we had talked about that already. Um, So we go into the main part of the episode and we open up in the cafe and Joey has on a leather cap. Okay. It's one of those like French sort of like caps now, obviously, when they make the girls' version, they're usually smaller, but I would totally wear one of those today. When, can you imagine, like, finding it in, like, a vintage shop? <laughs> yes, 100%. It's kind of one of those hats that's in Peaky Blinders, which is a show that we're going through right now, and they've got those. And yes. it's, like, totally gangster, but they put, like, the razor blades in it. <laughs> yes. Which, I don't know if you could pull off, Leanne, but... It would still be pretty cool. Yeah. I don't hate those hats. As a guy, Nathan, would you wear that hat? Um, I'm going to go ahead and just say confidently no. (laughs) Uh, Anytime that I buy a new hat, because I wear hats all the time. Like, catch me without a hat. It's it's a weird day. You're wearing a hat right now. I'm wearing a hat currently (laughs) as we record this podcast. But I usually wear it. It's true. I'll get different styles, different beanies and things like that. And Mm -hmm. I always, like, walk in and try to do it confidently. Very similar to the strut that Joey had in this episode. But I usually end up just taking it off, like... Mm, okay, I tried something different. It didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And we find out that Joey has been using uh, toilet paper. That's like a word of the day toilet paper. Oh. Now, what's interesting about that is you would think that each pull-apart piece would be its own word. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how how far would he have to pull to get to the new word, or is every word on one individual square? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well... Yeah, my question is, does it have the definitions on it as well, or is it just the word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my thing here is that that product makes absolutely no sense because guys don't need any more reason to spend more time (laughs) in the bathroom than they already do. I knew this was coming. (laughs) Nathan, would you care to? So, Llewellyn, I don't know if you're married. (laughs) But for both of you, if you're, I know Leanne is not married, so She's that's about just, as single as I am. Okay. <laughs> well, let me just cue you Nicely in, ladies. Sorry, clue you in. <laughs> Guys like to park it when they go number two. <laughs> I don't know what goes on, but it takes a long time. So just be prepared for that. Uh, Nathan, so, would you like to prepare? Do you have a prepared statement for I know, that? I'm, I, I honestly, I, I knew this was coming, but I should have prepared something to say. Um, I didn't. I, I don't know. There need to be like excuses on toilet paper. Or, I don't know. I was responding to emails. I don't know. Usually, I, I don't have any input here. I feel like I'm kind of outnumbered. So we're gonna uh, next topic, please. Well, before we move on from that, it reminds me of kind of like a kitschy gift that you would get during like a white elephant yeah. exchange. 
A hundred percent. What's the, what's the funniest or the best white elephant? Like, do you have something that like, oh, best ever, here it is. Yeah. That 100%. like you would say that was your favorite? Yeah. Um, it's actually in it, it reference to toilet toys uh, because I had a mini golf set that there's like a little rug that rolls out from like <laughs> where you put your feet to where out to the door and you get the little putt putt every now and then. So um, yeah, it was also toilet. It's, it's so funny. That's like a normal thing for white elephant gifts is like potty toys. And That's things true. Like that. Potty toys. I don't remember any crazy things I got. I remember getting a little pair of mini walkie talkies mm-hmm. and that was actually kind of fun. Yeah. That's a good one. Speaking of roommates, it was a good breaker breaker one night. <laughs> breaker breaker one Dinner's ready. Are you downstairs? Can you bring me some popcorn? <laughs> Llewellyn, what about you? Me and you had a lot of like white elephant exchanges at our job that we shared. Like, do you remember anything from that that you would say is like memorable for you? Um, not really. I mean, I don't remember. I don't feel like, well, there was one white elephant at work where somebody brought like a, a house tree. Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> Wait, didn't I go home with that one? I think you did. I think I did. It, it wasn't just like like a table tree. It was no. like a like a literal like it sat on the floor and it was tall enough to like <laughs> be a person. Yes, tree. it was. It was as tall as we all were, and it yeah. was at the beginning of the exchange. It was kind of wrapped, but then as it got past, because of how weird it was, it kept getting less and less wrapped. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I do remember that. I think I actually went home with that. And was it, it alive? Yeah, it was just a live tree in a pot. Yep. Someone just must have not is it wanted our, it. Is it currently in our house? They were like running late for the party <laughs> yeah. and they were like, we have a pot and I hate that tree in our front yard. <laughs> Honey, grab a shovel. shovel. Yes, that's absolutely accurate. No, yeah, you're right. I think Llewellyn, I did end up with that tree. It has since passed. Rest in peace. Um, oh. Yeah, so, okay. So the girls are then reading this book in, in the cafe and it's called Be Your Own Windkeeper. And Rachel doesn't quite understand the what they're trying to get at. Have you guys ever had like a book where someone's explaining it to you and you're like, okay, that sounds great. <laughs> Honey? Well, I was laughing about it because, well, that's a little bit of head ahead, but I am notorious for buying books constantly. <laughs> so if you look around, you'll see books everywhere that I have just been like, oh my gosh, this looks great. And especially like self-help and empowerment and things like that too. So I get this. I get having this conversation with somebody being like, this book is so great and you need to read it because yeah. it's changing my life. Yeah. So mm-hmm. directly to answer your question, I have mm-hmm. had those moments where I'm like, oh, great. And it's usually with Sarah, where she's <laughs> like, I read this life-changing book. It is so good. You need to read it. And I, I'm just, I'm more of an audiobook kind of guy. Okay. I, I don't know if I can really sit down and focus on, I don't know. I just, I, my attention spans everywhere when I'm reading in a book. But um, yeah, so usually she'll come and she's like, you need to take the time and sit down and read this. And I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> so yeah, I've had those moments for sure. So that Wind Goddess book that the girls find, you know, inspiring really is a parody of like mystical self-help books such as like Carissa Pinkola Estes, Women Who Run With the Wolves. So it's sort of like a parody on those. Um, But it it sounded like one of those very vague, like anyone probably could have wrote it. And we'll see in the future how the girls are using the terms in the book 
to then they like get in an argument about it. So we'll we'll come up on that later. So we cut over to Estelle. Essentially, Joey is looking for work because he has been fired from Days of Our Lives. He got he got killed off. And he kind of goes back to his agent. And she puts him up for an audition as a cab driver. And she's really pushing him. You know, Joey, you've got to just get back out there. And it doesn't matter what it is. You have to be willing to go back down a little. And Joey is not really willing to move because he thinks, I have arrived with Days of Our Lives. And now you're going to force me to be in you know, a role that's sort of beneath me. Did you guys, that's really all I have about that scene. Did you guys write anything special about that? Besides how terrible Estelle looks? I did not know how terrible Estelle looks. Nope. Nope, I didn't have any notes. I think the core of what she was saying was good, but she was, it was weird. It was like she was sugarcoating good advice with like salt. Yeah. <laughs> it was like she was taking good advice and making it not good advice. Yeah. And he was like, no. Yeah. yeah. So that, yeah. Um, okay, so back at the cafe, really quickly, Rachel has now read this book and she is obsessed <laughs> with this book. So Ross comes in because it, it appears that they have a date and he's like, all right, we have to go. And Rachel just takes authority. She's like, no. And all of a sudden, this <laughs> random, like, self-esteem rises up in Rachel to want to counteract the lightning, what is it, lightning keepers or... Lightning keeper. Yeah, lightning keeper or something. Um, and she just finds her, she finds her voice and is using the book as a way to kind of take back her own wind and Ross is like, I don't understand where this is coming from. It's the movie theater that keeps to a schedule. Yeah. So I'm not trying to steal anything from you. But if we want to go to where we want to be on time, we have to go right now. Ross isn't really like getting what's happening. Um, and one of the, I think I have not yet heard the audience laugh as much as they did in the entire series up to this point. When she goes, how do you expect me to grow if you won't let me blow? <laughs> that's good writing (laughs) and the audience just erupts with laughter fantastic (laughs) and ross's face like i actually think the actors had to pause a little bit longer than they were used to like this was the first of the like we have to sort of play off of that while the audience is still laughing and so you can see them kind of like pausing like letting them have their liberties with laughter and Ross makes this comment of like, well, I, you know, and Ross is like mild, <laughs> yeah. understated tone, like, well, I don't mind if you do that. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I don't have any problem. Yeah. As, 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 a, as a husband, as a guy, it was nice to, it was kind of funny for me to kind of put myself in the shoes of like, first coming into this conversation, very like off put, like, what is this reaction? Like, we're, we just have a date. What's going Like he's, he's, he's kind of like genuinely like, what do I do next? And then that comment that she makes about how are you going to let me grow if I can't blow or whatever, um, watching him go from confusion to like almost intrigue is like, <laughs> well, you, you know, you can tell he was like trying not to make fun of her, yeah. but he was just like, <laughs> 
you know that I don't yeah. have any issues with this part of oh. you. I really resonated with Rachel, though, because that's pretty much me with every book. When she was like, it's like this book was written for me. Like, I think I literally have said that about a book this past month that I've read. Like, to Nathan, being yep. like, it's like she looked in my soul and she wrote this for me. And so, you know, I get it. I get Rachel's infatuation with the content and resonating with what it was talking about. So it was great. And even though he's not getting it, she still kind of just wraps it up with this. I need to be with myself right now. I need to focus on me. I need to be my own wind keeper, wind blower, whatever. (laughs) And so she apologizes, but then Phoebe's like, ah, and so she corrects herself like, nope, I'm not going to apologize. But it made me think like, don't we do that as, I know this is like a huge topic and you're so into women empowerment and things like that too sure. in a really healthy way. And so it just made me think like, we do that as women all the time. And I think we're like conditioned to do it as women. Did you have any like thoughts on that little, just that piece of the scene? Well, I loved how they kind of were all a team in that moment. And they were like, yes, you are going to do what you need to do. And you're going to stay true to you. You know, not let a guy change who you are. (laughs) And so it reminded me a lot of like our early friendship days of like having conversations around guys and like how we felt around them and having really honest conversations and things like that. And so I loved that aspect of it, Mm -hmm. that it's, you know, this girlfriend group that's getting together and they're trying to grow together and they're trying to be versions of their best selves together. I mean, I can really appreciate that energy that they're giving to this, but it was just such a hilarious topic that, you know, looking on the outside, I bet we kind of look like that with some of the things that we do. And it's good to laugh about like these serious topics that we like dive into a lot. And so mm-hmm. it is funny, but I just love that scene. It was fantastic. Yeah, for sure. We hop over to Joey's place and he's opening a bill with Ross's there. They're all, you know, they're hanging out, I guess. And there's a visa statement that's one of two. And we find out that Joey has spent a lot of money on his home decorating places like, um, isn't it chromantic? (laughs) Um, I love Lucite, (laughs) which are just hilarious company names, first of all. Like, that was well done by the writers. Um, But it's like over, it's over like six grand, almost seven grand just worth of stuff. And they both really seem blown away by the minimum at the beginning. And then he's like, no, that's just what you need to pay every month. This is what you actually owe. (laughs) And like based on like somewhat calculations, um, I mean, I'm working on getting out of debt right now. I know you guys have like, I think one final thing to like get it off of your like, you know, till you're kind of debt free. Mm -hmm. But you look at some of the calculations for like debt and minimum payments Mm -hmm. And based on, like, really quick calculations, like, Joey would have to be paying for 15 years at just the minimum payment to get out of debt with this stuff, which at that point you're paying pretty much double of what you originally paid for it because of interest, which is all on stuff that is so, like, horribly decorated. (laughs) Um, But we get to a really great, like, friendship moment here where Joey, he's stressing out, he's frustrated that both his... His friends now and Estelle are all pushing him to take this job that he doesn't think he wants because he feels like he's above it. 
And, and Ross is really telling him kind of the truth. And he's trying to do it in a way that's, you know, he's maybe filtering it through his own experiences and his own personality. But it is, it is a hard truth mm-hmm. um, because Joey owes a lot of money. And yep. he currently now no longer has money coming in. Um, I just thought that was a really great, I don't know, friendship moment. Yeah, definitely. It, it, honestly, I've been in positions like that, too, where, like, I, I realize the re- reality of the situation, and my guy friends have been like, hey, listen, maybe you just got to do this, or you got to do or spend less here, or maybe you just got to get what you can get, and I've had the same exact reaction as Joey has had. I, I don't want to hear it. I don't even try. You know, those moments where, like, there's a shouting moment of the character, and then the audience is dead quiet. I've had those moments in real life where it's like, I don't want to hear it, because he knows it's true. Yeah. He knows he needs to, and sometimes it's hard as as a guy to swallow your pride in those moments. But it was a very good friendship moment. Ross was doing a good job trying to support him through that. Well, yeah, I wrote down that it kind of reminded me of some of our initial money conversations, mm-hmm. like in marriage, because you both have such different expectations of how the money is going to be handled, mm-hmm. and then when you merge your account and you're looking at what the money is being spending spent on, mm-hmm. like you're like. Why would you spend money on that? <laughs> yeah. And then it becomes a fight because you just don't understand. Like, why did you literally spend $50 on gas station food this week? Or like yeah. something dumb, you know, he didn't yeah. do that. But I mean, like yeah. just dumb stuff. And it's just those initial fights of like shock. And <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. And then the reaction, because you just have no idea like how to talk about this with one another. Mm-hmm. And I think in friendship that could be a really awkward topic to oh, talk yeah. about. But I was laughing because the I love Lucite thing, when I was a kid, I was a big rock collector and it just had this like flash forward of what my life could have been if I would have kept with that. <laughs> and so I'm glad that I took a different route. But Okay, Llewellyn, <laughs> we've had these conversations a lot before where, you know, most of the episodes are really, like, high-level, mm-hmm. funny, you know, fun. But when it comes to the more deep conversations, we get these, you know, relatively often. Do you, you know, have any kind of opinion or follow-up just on that since it is something that Friends does, you know, relatively consistently? Yeah, I mean, I think up until this point, like, Joey, he, we know that he always has had, like, money issues because mm-hmm. he doesn't hold a job very long um, right. and this is his first like big break and I also think this is the first time where we really where I think he is aware that you know I lost this awesome opportunity and you know I kind of like set myself up and like he was moving forward and this is like a huge setback for him mm-hmm. so I think in the past he's been able to rely on Chandler to like be there for him to pick up the slack and do all that but now he's realizing like oh my gosh I can't you know continue this life of luxury because it's the first time I'm really getting money because now it's all gone and so I think where Ross is trying Mm -hmm. to come in and just give him like the honest truth like hey friend I know that you're struggling but like you you have to you have to do what you have to do you have to do this audition but for him it's like he doesn't want to hear it because he's just scared that you know if I don't take this audition one, am I too, I am too big for this, but like, how do I humble myself and take this audition to keep like what I have? So I think just for Joey, it's like the first time where he's actually been scared that he's not sure what's going to happen next. Yeah. yeah. And it, it is serious. And like for, I mean, they did a great job at making it funny, but um, it is one of those moments where like, we don't see it very often, but lately we've seen it a lot. Could you try okay, again? Okay, Siri. 
Siri just doesn't understand you, Llewellyn. She doesn't understand you. <laughs> she doesn't have a money problem. <laughs> She's never had a money problem. <laughs> no, that totally all makes sense. And it's it's sort of a an interesting dynamic with having it be Ross and Joey. Yeah. Um, and, and I think we've seen a lot of dynamics with Chandler and Joey. Mm-hmm. But to have Ross come in and Ross be very... I mean, he's a little bit older than the rest of the friends. He kind of comes in as Monica's brother. Like, he is obviously closely connected with all of them, but he's always the one on the outside. He never rooms with any of them except for the small season where Rachel and him live together due to baby. But it's, it, it was interesting seeing this, you know, friendship dynamic happening with Ross, don't you think? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think um, especially because Ross is, like, the most established of all of them. Mm-hmm. So... It's like coming from him. It's like you would expect that from Ross. But yeah, I thought it was it was a unique situation. Yeah. Well, and I think it coming from Ross, now that you're saying that, it might actually be better because Chandler might be more of a crutch for Joey yeah. by being sure. there to mm. bail him out. Whereas Ross is maybe for the first time giving him the like, you can't always depend on someone else to bail you out, even though they don't really go into that. But now that you're saying that, that, you know, just maybe that's in the fine lines of the of the script (laughs) that's what we do here we just dive right in (laughs) um so Chandler comes home from work and the last thing he knew was that by work day tomorrow Eddie was going to be gone (laughs) so he kind of peeks his head around the corner and thinks like I am free and then all of a sudden he just pops up from behind (laughs) the counter which is obviously very gag-ish because why would he be on the ground for that long? <laughs> right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> just exactly. living his life. And he's like, just going about his day. He's dehydrating fruit. And if, if there's, he's got no other plans that day. Chandler thought he had other plans, which was to move out, but he no longer has any plans. So I think this is the second time, right, that he tells him to move. Or does he just kind of, I forget, does he just go into his room? Or does he... What happens here? Does he tell there, him again? He tells him. He does. Yeah, he does. He tells him he wants him to go. Um, and that's when he like slowly walks out of the room. And he's like, well, I'm going to take my fit. Is this where he takes his fish? No, this is not no. where he takes his fish. No, I think that's they're later. just standing there in the scene. And then just kind of just talking. Cuts. He's talking yeah. about his fruit because he makes a comment about his small fruits. Yes. Yes, right. you're right. Okay. I think it was a pretty quick scene because then yeah. we all of a sudden jump to the cafe with Gunther and Joey walks in. This is so cute of Joey almost. Because he's like, I'll take a lemonade. And Guthrie's like, lemonade? Oh, are you okay? <laughs> like, you okay, man? So Joey must have That's a tell. Ex- I would literally ask Nathan that because he never orders a lemonade. If he came in and was like, I want a lemonade, I'd be like, what? Who, who did this yeah. to you? Yeah. He's like, oh, what's wrong? Um, and Gunther was Bryce on All My Children. And, you know... They're making the connection here with Joey that he's like, oh, that's, you know, what happened to you? Oh, they fell down. I fell down an elevator shaft. He's like, oh, I got buried by an avalanche. And uh, and I think Joey's making the connection here that you might not make it as Mm -hmm. an actor, which may have, you know, then influenced Mm -hmm. his decision to actually take the gig. Because he's seen that, like, just because you've made it on screen doesn't mean you're a shoe-in to always be an actor. Yep. So I think as short as that scene is, it was a really pivotal scene for Joey just to make the decision to then go for it. Um, and this is only the second episode where Gunther has lines in it. 
which is crazy because he's technically been a character since mm. season one right. really early. Huh. Um, so yeah, that was a little fun fact. So we really quickly jump into the girl's apartment and Chandler's sleeping there because Eddie has still not moved out. And Monica kind of comes up on him and is like, oh, he's so sweet while he's sleeping. You know, she has that, like, look on his, on her face, like, oh, that's so sweet. And, of course, at that moment, Chandler wakes up and is like, why is everyone watching me sleep? Like, I just want to be able to sleep in peace. <laughs> this poor guy. So he freaks out a little bit. So then we cut with to where we think is the next morning because Chandler is holding his, like, comforter in his hand that he had on Monica's couch and he's coming back to the apartment and you can tell he you can tell on his face that he's like exhausted like he just looks so perturbed and like just tired and he's getting more and more over it that he has to continually tell this guy to leave <laughs> to leave the apartment so he tries again and they get into this and again they get into this banter back and forth about him needing to move out and Eddie's like, where, where has this come from? This is totally out of the blue. And Chandler's like, this could not have been any more in the blue. Like, <laughs> we have talked about this before. And he's, he's so, like, Eddie kind of, like, sulkingly leaves. But then he charges back in and is like, but I'm sure as heck not going to let you have my fish. And so he just bare arm grabs the fish <laughs> and shoves it in his pocket and walks out the door. Which just shows you how crazy he is because, you know, he, they made a joke about it in the at the beginning of the episode where, oh, well, that fish looks more alive than the last one. And he's like, well, that's because that one wasn't made by Pepperidge Farms because it, it was like a, uh, what was it called? A golden fish? A goldfish? Goldfish, goldfish yeah, cracker. Like a goldfish cracker just like in the tank. <laughs> so this is a real one, but he like just takes it out and puts it in his pocket. I feel like for Eddie, we're getting more and more just like illogical. Yes. Um... So we, we cut what, um, what Gunther has said has made sense to Joey. And so he goes to the audition, but essentially Joey's blowing it. He's, he's like adding his own like flair. He's saying the words wrong. He's bragging about his time on days of our lives. You know, they, they fax it over or they, you know, send it over on real paper. It's not fax paper. And he essentially blows the audition mm -hmm. by the time we get to that. So that was kind of really quick. And then we hop back over to the girls scene where um, this is their like meeting now. They're meeting on this book. They've created a habit of meeting around this book and they're going through what seems like an in-book quiz where you like mm -hmm. ask yourself to help identify that you indeed have had your wind stolen by a lightning bearer. <laughs> and an argument sort of breaks out within the group of girls because they're you but but they're like using all the terminology from the book so it's it's, it's sort of even hard to talk about the scene because they're using these like little throwaway phrases of when have you you know put down another wind wind blower by like a by you know, when have you betrayed them with a with a lightning rod or whatever, like, the combination is? Well, what is so hilarious about this is it kind of is a nod back towards Rachel's comment of, oh, like The Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> because, because they start talking about the forest of righteous truth. <laughs> and I had, like, two thoughts go through my head with that comment. I was like, okay, this is... Like Lord of the Rings, right. you know, it's like the force of righteous truth yeah, that you're Rivendell. having to enter through. <laughs> exactly, exactly, Rivendell. And then, you know, there's also like growing up in the church and hearing like 
purity programs and reading books about purity. <laughs> like what what was that book? It was like um oh, what was that book about dating? Oh, uh kiss kiss, kiss wait. Uh, oh no! It was the guy on the front. Joshua Harris. Joshua Harris created a book named "I Kissed a Girl oh and Made Them Cry." No, I kissed dating goodbye. I kissed dating goodbye. That's what it was. I kissed dating goodbye. It was like this feels like Josh Harris would have wrote these exact words to us as young preteen girls. It was so great. I didn't even draw that parallel. That's a great. That's a great parallel. How do you feel about Joshua Harris in the I kiss? No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to get into. We're not going to dig into this. It's a much deeper conversation. We don't have enough time. But I did. It, I did. It gets funny that you noticed that because literally, as I'm listening you to you retell all of these things that they're saying, it makes me feel like I'm like, oh, this is such a like girls must just do this and they just like dig into each other, but they're talking about all these isms and these fake terms and stuff like that. But I'm like, anytime I'm playing video games with my guy friends and we're feeling a little bit like attacky with each other we do the same thing when's the last time you stole my shield and stole my armor it's like <laughs> we we do the exact same thing it's like literally if this was out of context it could sound like they were talking about dungeons and dragons or something like yeah. that. it's very funny that is awesome that's a great parallel so there's a guy's version to it mm-hmm. absolutely it's less it's windy and light and feathery windy, it's more yeah. like hardcore yeah, shield stole armor. my sword yeah. <laughs> um so we go over to, to Joey's apartment and Ross is coming over to apologize and he's trying to like encourage Joey. Like, I so admire the fact that you don't care where your next paycheck is coming from. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to know, I have to have security, but I appreciate the fact that you just go and like, you're grinding it out, which is kind of an actor's thing. Like they sort of have to mm-hmm. do that, especially at the beginning. And then... Joey's like accepting it, but also realizing that like, and good for you for not going to that audition, man. Like I look up to you and he's like, well, I actually went. He's like, how did it go? (laughs) Trying to like, oh shoot, now I have to redirect a little and encourage him in that. And he didn't get it, but he's like, good for you. Mm -hmm. And then he like, he just dies off really quickly in in the encouragement. It's like, he doesn't quite know how to finish. Um, And at the time, while he's over there apologizing, Joey is essentially returning and and having the company probably buy back or return all of the things that he had bought. Right. And a few episodes when we had Elizabeth on, she had mentioned that Joey would be like a salesperson's dream because he would probably go in there and the guy would just be like Mm -hmm. trying to connect all these things together in the apartment and be like, Oh, well you have to get that ceramic white dog. Cause look how well it goes with your black Panther table, you know, and like connecting all these things. (laughs) And, um, so you see him like shipping off all of his stuff and he's really sad about it. And Ross wants to kind of like perk him up a little bit. And so he offers to buy the bird, which was way too expensive for a bird that I think is made of glass. Maybe, um, but now that I watch Blown Away on Netflix, I realize how intense of a like of a like how to make that bird. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. It's probably worth every dollar yeah. that they had to spend on it. But well, the, he called it plastic, so that oh, that's true. That's but true. maybe he was exaggerating because that would be hilarious if he spent twelve hundred dollars <laughs> on a plastic, plastic bird. bird. <laughs> That would be a lot of that money. That is amazing. Even in the 90s. It'd have to be like a famous artist. Oh, yes. You know, whatever. And that, they're in New York. We know how it goes in New York. Yeah, for sure. We do. Nathan doesn't. I know. Because <laughs> Nathan doesn't. He won't go on vacation with us there. <laughs> We're, are you going to go there now? I mean, <laughs> listen. Let's delve into this. I'm just kidding. 
Um, so Ross essentially buys that white classic dog that will, yep. you know, that we'll see in the series kind of moving forward in the guy's apartment. So we um, go downstairs to the cafe and Rachel op- offers up cakes as a peace offering, you know, to make up with her girlfriends, which as soon as they have reconciled, she then reneges on her gift and says, they're going to definitely take this out of my paycheck. So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and put these back. Now watching that now in the, in the mind of like in the middle of a global pandemic, like once those have gone out of the case, they would then never be returned (laughs) after they have been delivered to a table. Oh, for sure. Um, but just thinking back to the nineties, it was like, you know, a little bit, maybe more acceptable. I don't know. And it's also for a show. So how realistic. I think about that every time I see like the B-roll between scenes and like, you know, the music's playing and they're changing scenes, but you see all the cars and the people on the street. It's just, I look back and I'm like, remember, remember that time when we had no, no worries in the world about anything <laughs> as far as socializing no one knew what a mask was. Yeah, exactly. Well, it reminded me of our early friendship days as servers in a restaurant mm-hmm. and just thinking through with every dish that we messed up got taken out of our paycheck or our tips for the evening, oh, that would be gosh. pretty brutal. So that would, that, <laughs> that yeah. would be a hard life. That would be. It'd be hard to like make any money because people will just send it back, you know, for yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it makes me miss Red Rock. I know. I need a steak. <laughs> I want it so bad. Um, Chandler comes in and he announces Eddie, Eddie has moved out, everybody. He has moved out. But he's also right outside the window with a mannequin head, and they're all kind of freaking out. And he comes <laughs> storming in, and now Eddie has descended into – it just – it doesn't make sense at this point. He's telling a story about now they've all gone to Vegas that weekend, and he didn't hit the slots, but mm-hmm. Chandler has made a killing and mm-hmm. bought him these new shoes. So at this point, they re- I think Chandler is realizing how – out of it he is that he has escalated to the point where now he's remembering things that never happened and I think that sets us up for the very next scene but what's funny is that in this moment Chandler has to again reiterate I want you to move out of the apartment and he never actually does it himself we find out in the next scene that Chandler and probably Joey mm-hmm. have moved all of his stuff outside. Right. Now, Phoebe, before we quickly finish with that last scene, Phoebe's like, is anyone starting to like this guy? <laughs> it would be Phoebe. But so would, on brand She strikes Phoebe. me as the kind of person who would enjoy the murder podcast, you know, the, the, <laughs> the uh, cold cases, things like that. Because I think, like, if you take all of Eddie's scenes and you cut them into together, they could literally make, like, a making a murder podcast over him or making a murder or Netflix series or something like that. It's, it's honestly kind of like, would you, if you take all of those scenes and put it in its own context, it's a little disturbing to think of how kind of extreme he becomes as a character. Yeah. And I think they need to make him that extreme, especially within only a three episode window. Like mm-hmm. he moves in and moves out within three episodes. Wow. Like Eddie moves in, then there's one small like episode in the middle. And then all of a sudden the one where Eddie won't move out. Mm-hmm. Like it's one, two, right. three. And I think because they're also playing with the Joey storyline of needing him to like come mm-hmm. back into the fold, that they're just like, we need to escalate this quickly to get Joey back yeah. into the apartment. So it's interesting to, I wonder if the, the writers thought that Eddie would be there longer, but then they realized how long the Joey right. you know, storyline was going to play out and, yeah. and it kind of culminated maybe really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but we cut to the next scene and we see that Eddie 
is coming home, you know, he was just out, you know, doing whatever and his key doesn't work. So he like knocks on the door and Chandler realizing, I think just how out of, out of it Eddie is, is like, fine, I'm going to maximize this. If, if he's not even, if he's telling stories that never happened, then let's like, let's rewrite history <laughs> literally right. exactly. in his brain. And so he opens you know, he opens the door a little bit because he's like, may I help you? And he's like, dude, my key won't work. Like, why can't I get in? He's like, I'm sorry. I, do I, can I, do I know you? And all of a sudden he like sticks his head in like with the lock on. And he's like, dude, you're my roommate. Like he's trying to figure it out. And all of a sudden we see now as an audience, you know, for the first time when he's like, I'm sorry, I have a roommate. And it's like the grand, you mm-hmm. know, reveal that Joey has like moved back into the apartment right. and they're totally throwing one over his head because they are essentially pretending like they have never met. And he's like, what do you, what do you mean? Like I moved in he, because he moved out. And they're like, I think we would remember that. And he's like, makes sense. Like it would make sense. <laughs> and Checks like, out. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> a man who disregards logic and reason comes to the point of logic and reason is like, oh yeah, no, yeah, that all connects. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The whole thing connects. And, um, and this is, you know, this is Adam Goldberg's, of course, like final appearance. And then once he, you know, kind of leaves, he's like, all right, well, I'm, I'm, I must have the wrong apartment, which wouldn't he think like all of my stuff is outside? Right. Like, yeah. what do you mean the wrong apartment? Yeah. Your stuff would be somewhere yeah, right. else. Like, where so. does he go after the door shuts? Where does where he does go? <laughs> Just knocking on every other door on the floor. I was expecting him to go to the girls' apartment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would have been a great storyline. Yep. Especially because their door is never locked. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. if you watch the series, like, just walk he in. would literally just walk in yeah. and just start moving his stuff in, yeah. probably. But he had, his, he had his character arc at this point, so. Yeah, he had kind of wrapped it up nicely. It's true. So, maybe the tag scene should have just been him, like, wandering through the halls of the apartment <laughs> building. Um... But you can tell in this moment that the guys are so happy to be back together. Mm-hmm. It's it's really sweet because of the journey they've been through since now to, you know, get into the part of the relationship that they're at um, with their argument. And then he does decide he's moving out. And then you can tell they miss each other mm-hmm. and the whole argument that they had with Eddie when he first moved in. Like, mm-hmm. you know, how could you, you know, have another roommate essentially? And he's like, well, you left, you know. So it's really sweet to have them together, and they do their little, like, hug, like, classic dance. Yeah, the bromance is real. The bromance is real and strong (laughs) with these guys, for sure. Um, So we end the episode then with a tag, and this (laughs) this is hilarious. They essentially... Okay, I'm going to admit some things in this episode that I don't think (laughs) I really want to admit, but they move the dog out of the room... So that every time they know that Ross is coming over, they kind of do this whole thing where they move it out of the room because Ross bought it and he spent money on it to make Joey feel better, but maybe it wasn't Joey's favorite thing. And now that it's in a room that is guy decorated in like a bachelory pad type way, this ceramic dog now no longer, as if it made any sense before, right. it now definitely doesn't make any sense in this yeah. apartment. And it does always stick out in any room that it's in, even in future episodes when you just see it in the background. You right. just that's the white ceramic dog. Mm-hmm. Um, but he moves it out um, anytime Ross comes over. Did you guys ever watch Gilmore Girls? Did not anybody? No. Llewellyn? No, I didn't. What? Okay. <laughs> well, I'm the only one that watches it. So any of our friends who watch Gilmore Girls, Lorelai's mom would do that anytime her 
uh, mother-in-law would come over and it'd be this huge, like, it wouldn't be just one thing. It's every wedding anniversary gift oh. she's ever gotten them is stored in the basement. And every time her mother-in-law is coming over, she does this whole, like, we have to put it in the exact position that it was the last time she left so that she thinks it's been here, like, the whole time. That is so funny. Have you guys ever, like done anything like oh nathan's already smiling it's so funny that you mentioned that because i think i do it subconsciously where i'm like i'm gonna hang out with this person and this person like uh, for example we have some friends of ours that got me like a, a t-shirt for my birthday and every time they're over i always wear that shirt but i don't do it to be like oh look i i want you to know i wear it i just do it to like kind of honor them i, I don't know it's a weird thing but i think it's a little more subconscious because i just i don't know i i don't i don't intentionally go in and I'm like, I have to wear this because mm -hmm. I got it for me. Or I'm going to put this out because I got it for me or anything like that. But I definitely do these things to like, let them know like, Hey, I, I know that you care and I care too. Look how good I look. You know what I mean? But never anything like you, you know, Oh, this person, I don't really like it, but I'm going to put it out because this person got it for me, especially like in-laws or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I don't think, I can't think of anything specific. Your mom has good taste in things. So <laughs> mom, if you're I, listening, you heard it here. <laughs> she she does. Um, I don't think my mom has given us anything. I don't know. I think I'm the same way. Like if someone gives me something, like if they give me a kitchen appliance or like something like that and we have a party together, I'll like mention that I use that appliance in making that dish. <laughs> mm. And you know, you just like go overboard to let them know like, yeah. I do like this. Yeah. I do use it. It's worth the money. Yeah, that you become spend. like a saleswoman on those. You're like, oh gosh, I really love this pressure cooker. You guys should use a pressure cooker too. We don't use a pressure cooker because we're scared of them. But for example, of course, you're like, guys, have you seen this pressure cooker? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Llewellyn, what about you? I don't really have anything that people have like given me that like I have to put out um, that I can think of. Or like use or wear, so, anything like that? Not really, no. Yeah. I mean, if I don't like something, I usually tell people. I have, like, if someone gives me like wow. a shirt and they're like super proud of the shirt, like I'll be honest, like I'm not sure I'm really gonna wear this, but. Um, really? Geez. That yeah. scares I mean, me so much. Brutal. Like, if I ever get you a gift, I'm gonna be overthinking this. <laughs> <laughs> this is shocking no, to me. I, why, well, have, you, have you ever given me a gift that I, have forgotten about that I can even remember. I don't even know. I mean, no, I'm not. I, yeah. And I'm not even speaking about like a specific anything. It's just, I don't think, uh, maybe I just don't know your personality that way. I don't know. I mean, you and I haven't, you and I haven't really like exchanged gifts like that. I don't think it's true. So that could be why this is different to you. Yeah. My presence is your present always. Yeah. What, what's, can't return what's that. Now? You can't return it. <laughs> it's non-refundable. Or take it to the bank. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I admit there was a season where if like somebody got me a gift that I knew I wasn't going to use like ongoing, I would intentionally like several months later, like I would hang on to it and then several months later wear it that day or utilize whatever it was and like take a picture or if it was with someone that I was like meeting up with, mm -hmm. I would intentionally like, Oh, you gave me this wallet and it's leopard print. And I haven't used mm -hmm. leopard print anything in about 15 years, <laughs> but for this specific outing, I'm going to change my wallet, put that wallet in this, like all my stuff in this mm -hmm. wallet, and I'm going to use it in front of you. 
And then once I'm done, you will have known, especially because it's months later. Mm-hmm. Oh, she must have been using it ever right. since I gave it to her six months ago. I'm going to immediately donate it after that moment. Because by the time they see me next or whatever, like, it will have run its course naturally. Smart. There was a season I used I, w- I would intentionally yeah. do that. And then you turn it over and the price tag's still on it. <laughs> the gift receipt's still in there. <laughs> I have re-gifted things mm-hmm. that I don't like. Yeah. Um, if there's, like, something that they give me that's, like, re-givable, I'll just sort of hold on to it. Because, you know, every office does, like, a... You know, mm-hmm. white elephant or dirty Santa or whatever it's called. Exactly. It's like at some point I'm going to be able to either gift it again to someone else because I'm also trying to be a little bit more minimal- minimalist as well. Mm. And so, like, I don't like anything just coming in like un right. like what do I do with this? <laughs> so I I don't think I I'm almost positive I haven't done that in several years, but it's probably because I really cracked down with my family on like. Here's my list, and only get me the things mm-hmm. on this list. Totally. Chandler and Joey basically leave out this white ceramic dog the whole time, don't they? I, I don't really recall, but I just remember growing up watching the show. That was like a, that's one of the most vivid memories I have is that yeah. white dog. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely sure. sears in the brain. Yes. <laughs> Especially later on when they, when they, when they like paint the eyes black yeah. in, the, mm-hmm. in the red mouth. I remember like, that. Yeah, like, and then it haunts my nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> It's like Eddie being up in the corner, Correct. but like yeah. the dog is just staring Same at you. Corner hand. Yeah. All right. Anything about the main bulk of this episode, the overarching of it that you guys didn't get to talk about that, you know, we might've flew by anybody. My mom had one of those dehydrators that Eddie had mm-hmm. and she loved that thing probably as much as Eddie. Loved <laughs> we had so many dried apples. Oh my gosh. They were everywhere. Honestly, one of my favorite things to do in the fall is to go to an orchard because it's cheaper to, like, go out and pick your own, like, Honeycrisp. Yeah. And then I'll literally spend an afternoon, like, do, using my little, um, spi- like, spiralizer on my KitchenAid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'll spiral all of them, put them on the – and I'll have, like, fresh apple chips. And it's my favorite thing because just the whole house smells like fresh apples. And they're all healthy for you anyway. So I'm, like – eating fresh apples in the morning and then in the afternoon I'm eating dried apple chips. Like I have apple for days after right. that, but it's always one of my favorite things to do. I yeah. love dehydrated food. They're techn- they're better snacks than like That's true. I think the world is a little better now, but I have my own dehydrator. Oh, I'm proud yeah. of it. We can get crazy. Well, it's not here oh. because it was not on my priority list. Llewellyn, you can just ship that. <laughs> <laughs> ship it from Michigan, please. Um, okay, so let's hop into our episode rating system. So because you're our guest, you guys are going to be the first on all of these segments. So let's just go. You guys can't see us, but we're going to go clockwise. So Nathan. Oh, great. You're up on this episode rating system. Stupendous. I need to pull up my notes. <laughs> so essentially it's a classic one through 10. Smelly cat is a one. Orange couch is a 10. How would you rate this on our patented, oh, trademarked wow. episode rating system? This is an excellent, excellent rating system. Thank oh, you. goodness Fantastic. gracious. Thank you. For me, um, because I'm just such a big fan of Chandler, and there's other, I'm sure, very you know popular Chandler episodes out there, but I think this is higher for me. I'd, I'd probably give it, what, what is this, what is this, seven or eight? What is that? Seven is seven. Seven, seven, seven. But you have to say it like Janice... Or like Monica says it. Oh, in that episode. I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> I don't know if I can. I'm not a big fan, so I'm just going to jump up to Central Park and say this is this is about there on the scale for me. Uh, 
Uh, it's a good. It was a really good episode. I finished the episode and I was like, man, that was funny. There was a lot of good parts of that, and it had good heartfelt moments. So I enjoyed it. It was a great episode. Yeah. Yeah, I actually was gonna go with Central Perk too. You know what? I think I might go up to Yellow Frame. Oh Ooh, my Just gosh. because of the serial killer aspect of it, because <laughs> I'm a crime junkie at heart, and I loved the humor around that. There so that was fantastic. Llewellyn, what about you? Um, I think I. <laughs> I think I'd probably give this one a central perk as well. Mm-hmm. It's a good episode and definitely with those, you know, Eddie serial killer vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like his peak moment and, you know, me and true crime. So mm-hmm. there's definitely that. Uh, but it's, it's also like, just like Joey moving back in and like his whole ordeal. Like it was just well mm-hmm. rounded, I thought. Mm-hmm. So yeah, central perk. That might be the highest I've ever given an episode. Wow. Um, no central perks in, in eight. You've given we've matched on eights before. We did. Mm-hmm. Yep. In one episode earlier, um, I am gonna match with. I'm gonna even us out, and I'm also gonna give it a yellow frame. Wow. I wow. This is one of the most so iconic generous. episodes. I think of Friends. It's kind of like when you like when you think of The Office. There are certain episodes where you're like, this is this is one that sticks out, and there mm-hmm. are. Only if, I mean, all of them are great, but there's a few of them that just like, all the storylines are strong. They all move the storyline forward. They all have, they're great entertainment, like they're high laughter. I just think that we've got the culmination of all of that, especially with Eddie just spiraling out the good relationship moment that Ross and uh, Joey have. And then of course the girls, even with that being kind of like a sideline story, mm-hmm. you know, storyline, it's still funny because like, aren't girls the ones that typically do get into that like self-help, you know, like a hundred percent. Yeah. So I just thought it was a really great episode. Mm-hmm. I, I will also give it a yellow frame, which is by far the highest I've ever rated an episode. So nobody has ever made it up to an orange couch yet. I'm sure it's coming, but this is definitely close. I think if some of the other side storylines were maybe a little bit stronger or more substantial, it would have rated it a little bit higher, but you cannot be this episode with Eddie and Chandler. It just is is so high up there. So We're about season two at this point, right? So, I mean, they've really caught their stride, and they did a great job. The writers, I think, did a really good job all together on this episode. So to get that high of a rating, I mean, they've, they've definitely caught it early on. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. I think season twos for shows are always pretty strong because they've hit their, they've found their niche mm-hmm. and they're usually perfecting that niche as they move forward in, in season two. So yeah, that's a great point. Um, all right. So let's get into our post show wrap up. So this is our segment called which friend are you where you essentially self assess which friend you think you are. Now, you could cross-contaminate a little bit with, you know, gender or whatever because everyone's personality is different. You can be a cocktail of a few if you think you have a little personality trait Mm -hmm. from a few others. So, Mm. Nathan? It's very interesting. I love that I have to start (laughs) because I'm immediately on the left. But um, I've already mentioned it a few times, but I think very straightforward. I just resonate with Chandler so much. Um, I don't, you know, if we're going to really dig into the Enneagram portion, but I think being a six wing seven myself where I have my fears, but I also code it with a lot of jokes and self-deprecating senses of humor kind of moments. He has so many of those throughout this show that I just think I like one, one lane 
I'm, I'm, I resonate with Chandler very much. So, and he also like when he gets into a relationship and you see, you know, the Monica thing unfold, like with him and, um, he just loves so hard and loves so well. And I just like, I really just, I feel like that's, that's me to a T. I, I would like to maybe, <laughs> I brag. Know, yeah, brag. <laughs> um, maybe when it comes to like keeping things clean around the house, I'll, I'll, I'll jump over to the Monica and keeping things like my way where it's like, you know what, just let me do it. I'll do it. Um, but but more so streamlined. You do just. have a little bit of Monica I in do. you. I just yes. like to keep things clean and organized. I wouldn't say, you know, I, I had the one tendencies by any means because she's definitely a one as far as Enneagram skill goes. But um, when it comes to keeping things like that clean and um, mm-hmm. sometimes interjecting, I think she does that a lot. And then when she's right, she has to let everybody know. <laughs> I know. You know, uh, I very much so when I am correct in the conversation. <laughs> Or even if I'm sitting out of a conversation and somebody says something wrong, I tend to interject, which she does a lot in the show. But That's... I think growing up, I wanted to be Joey because he was like Mr. Cool. And, um, you know, that was just like the look. And I was like, I don't want to be Ross. But when I became an adult, of course, the main storyline is like Ross and Rachel. So it's like, oh, I love that. So I don't know. There's a little bit of a, a cross blend there, but more so just for easy purposes, Chandler. Mm. I think you're Chandler with a little bit of Monica and a little bit of Ross. Cool. Because especially... It. I don't think we highlight it as much in Ross because I don't think it comes out as much with Ross just because of the way that they portray him and show him in the episode. But Mm -hmm. I mean, it came to like a a very much obvious head when he was like, I rely on having stability and knowing where my income is coming from. Like Mm -hmm. you being a six, like Mm -hmm. that's one of the main characteristics. Oh, for sure. That's a six. Yeah. Hardcore. And I think Ross is a little bit more stabilized in all of his, like, ways. He's very um, uh, strategic, I mm-hmm, think, with mm-hmm. his with his with with most of his life. I mm-hmm. mean, sometimes it kind of gets off the rails a little bit, obviously, because <laughs> yeah. it's friends. But I think, you, I think you're, like, a lot of Chandler. And then you've got some, like, accompaniment with Monica and Ross. Mm-hmm. So you're a little bit of Geller and you're Chandler. Mm-hmm. But they marry... It everybody, so you're kind of the Geller family. I'm the offspring of Geller family. (laughs) When they have a kid, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) Weird. Oh my gosh, weird. (laughs) That got off the rails real quick. Okay, Ross. (laughs) Sarah, what about you? Um, I think out of this whole show, it's taken me a while because I haven't really fully identified with one character Mm -hmm. in Friends. But I definitely think of all of them, I identify most with Rachel because she's like this achiever girl, but she's kind of out of it and idealistic a little bit and really kind of goes after this like fantasy of what her life, she wants her life to be. Mm -hmm. And I just love that about her, just kind of her like obliviousness to a lot of things going on, but like her, her focus on like just the things that she wants to go after and um, I just really like that about her, and it's obviously hilarious throughout the show. For sure, in this episode, I like watching Rachel like yeah, pick up the book. I really, and, like, it was especially, for me. it was just like very, yeah. yeah, she just wants to be liked, and she wants to be in the group, and yeah, so mm-hmm. I, I get that. I get that a lot. Um, as far as the other characters, I don't know. I mean... I love Joey, and in this episode, I definitely identified with his spending habits because I'm like, oh, this was cool, <laughs> and I wanted to buy it. So I did. So that was definitely me. So, <laughs> yeah. I would have to agree with Rachel for sure. 
I mean, even when you started talking, I was like, I realized I didn't like pre-assume what she was. So like, what if I, so I quickly kind of ran through like (laughs) characteristics of friends and I was like, she's definitely Rachel. She's definitely like more of the like achiever going after like own things. And like, especially in later seasons when you see her, like especially climb the ladder at Ralph Lauren and Mm -hmm. she, you know, hops from one good job to then another Mm -hmm. and she's like now getting higher paid. And, um, I just think that, that that's definitely more of like in line with you. So I'd say that's spot on. Would you say that's spot on as the the husband? Oh yeah, for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. And then I had a crush on Rachel growing up. So it's just like it all see it's like my dreams are <laughs> coming true. Connects. It all connects. My dreams are coming true. Yeah. I I tried to refrain from saying I wanted to be um what's his name? Richard. Uh, just because we all know Tom Selleck's very good looking at this point in the show. I mean, he's a, he's a good looking character and that must, I mean, wow. He's a good looking guy. Like he, he's got the nineties down. That's okay though. Cause we only stick to okay. the six friends. It's perfect. That, so. It's good. I'm glad. He wasn't in this episode even. So I was going to say, have you ever had a guest who's like, I'm, I'm Cooter. <laughs> We'd be like, no, you have to pick one of the six. Like, that's the whole idea. I'm Gunther. I'm Gunther. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I have two lines. I don't exist in my friend group. Um, all right. So we have our recommend to a friend segment. Nathan, would you like me to switch it up and go with Sarah first? Please. Awesome. Sarah, give us our recommend to a friend. What would you recommend to our friends? Oh, gosh. I did not come prepared for this. You told me about it, and I didn't come prepared. Um, I guess, I don't know. I've been sick this week, so I've been, like, binging TV and sleeping. And so I haven't been engaging in a lot of interests other than that. So I'm just going to say um a good show that i'm enjoying right now is peaky blinders because it's about night early 1900 style gangsters and it's pretty ba of a show can i say that on the show but it's it's pretty cool um it's not for the kiddos but i'm enjoying it <laughs> i don't think friends is really for the kiddos either <laughs> yeah nice all right recommend to a friend peaky Bl- peaky blinders peaky peaky blinders <laughs> Gonna be talking to British accents all week. Um, my recommend to a friend um, is donuts. If you haven't eaten donuts in your life, get out. Why are you listening to this podcast? Donuts are life. Uh, I literally have a core value, and that is to eat donuts. That's just something that I agree with. That's what I roll with. I developed that as a kid. We had donuts instead of cake at our wedding. That's true. Um, and so, if you're ever at friends, if you're ever in Nashville, mm, go check out. Five Daughters yep. Donuts. Oh, Five Daughters Bakery. It's it's for people who don't even like donuts. Mm-hmm. You'll yeah. like this donut. Oh yeah, without a, they have a, a what they call hundred layer donuts. Mm-hmm. So they're very they're very. It's like oh, would you say like biscuits? What, how would you describe? It's kind of like a biscuit. It's like a biscuit, but it is so okay. Good. But don't let that. It's not a biscuit. It's right. Not, it's, it's a donut. It's for flaky sure. like yeah. a biscuit. You know, remember those um, Pillsbury rolls yes. where they have the layers? Yes. yes. Imagine like that. that, but not savory. It's a donut. It's sweet, mm-hmm. but it's oh my gosh, it's yeah. a life changer. Because you guys the want best. them right now. All I, I had to say was what time do they close? <laughs> it's twenty four hours, baby. You can do this. Are they? Yeah, the one in what twelve South. Well, there you go. COVID there you have might it. Have See, I recommended hours. it to my friends who already knew about it, and they're like, "I have to." Have I have it. to have one. Right, that, the King Kong with the maple oh, bacon. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Fish. I dream about it's those. So ones. good. Yeah. Um, they. Um, you also mentioned crumble earlier, which mm-hmm. is I'm like Ooh, now crumble, I just want all good. the sweets, yeah. all of it, all of it. Okay, 
My, um, actually, Llewellyn, you go. You go first. <laughs> I don't have one this week. What? <laughs> All right. You fine. act like that's a surprise. Like half of the time we don't have one. I know. That's true. Every once in a while, you just can't find something you're excited about. Mine is going to be something that's way different than mm. food or a show. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Now I feel stupid saying it. (laughs) Okay, honestly, guys, this has changed my life. As someone who during COVID was not able to go and get pedicures as often, Mm -hmm. and mind you, I do not get them often anyways, but you know how, like, the best part of getting... Okay, I'm, like, looking at Nathan. I've had a pedicure before, so I'm okay with this. Oh, okay, cool, cool. He loves them. You know how, like, when they get out the little, like... Essentially, they get out a cheese grater, which is... You know, maybe not the most you know, ideal, <laughs> but, but to like get all that dead skin off the bottom of your feet. <laughs> is this a problem that you've been having? Do we need to get you like a pet egg? No, but this, a pumice stone is going to be my recommendation. Okay. So it's a, a, it's like a volcanic rock stone that they sell at like, um, I got mine from package free company, which is like a, they try and eliminate like plastic waste. So they essentially send your boxed goods and like cardboard that's biodegradable that oh. you can like, you know, reuse. So they don't plastic or cover it up in plastic and all the things, but it's a pumice stone so that you can use it while you're in the shower real quick, just to like, hmm. it's more of like the in-between so that you don't have as much of cheese grating needs <laughs> when you go to get your feet done. So cheese highly, <laughs> feet graters. That's, that's, that's essentially what it is. Wow. Um, so highly recommend a pumice stone to a friend. How do you spell that? P-U-M-I-C-E. Okay. A pumice stone. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend that to a friend for all your showering foot needs. Very cool. Showering, <laughs> showering foot needs. I feel like we've ended this episode. Yeah, I didn't think that I needed that product, but now I'm like second guessing myself. I'm like, do I need something like that? <laughs> Thank you. It's kind of really nice in between. Um, anyways, I feel like now I should have gone first so that we could have ended mm-hmm. on donuts. Mm. <laughs> Because now we just, like, we're done. From donuts Beat to tails. foot. <laughs> From foot to face, this has been your episode. Okay, we need to end, guys. Thank you both for being on here. Yeah, thanks for having um, us. I know we have you scheduled in the next couple of weeks to merge with our other mutual friend um, and her husband, which will be awesome. Maybe I didn't tell you guys about that. You but, did. Okay, you great. Did. I was like, I have you scheduled. We're ready. So. Um, it's going to be a great episode. So next week we'll be back and we will cover, not them. They won't be back until later, but thank you guys. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Was it fun? Of course. It was so fun. Okay, cool. Well, next week we're going to cover the one where old yeller dies. We're just going to bring it down, down, down. That's such a good episode. Yeah. So we will catch you guys next week on the one with friends podcast.